We're back! We're back! It's a distraction! I'm through! That's Roth! How you doing, Roth? Feeling good, man. How are you doing? Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas. Oh, 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 oh. Damn, it's our, that's festive. It's our last uh, distraction of the year of 2021. And it's Christmas distraction and a New Year's distraction and an all-purpose holiday distraction. And if it's the holiday time, you know what time it is, Roth. Yes, late you ready December. For it? You ready? It's time. Because it's time for Haters Kid. Oh, wow. You still sound great, man. I know you've been through a lot. You put your voice through a lot, but that sounded fucking fantastic. That's right. That's right. I do scales to get it right. Last (laughs) week, uh, we published the Williams Sonoma's Haters Guide, which means every year we do a supplemental uh, podcast to the guide in which we play a little game, a little crazy little baby game in which Roth must guess the price of certain objects I did not mention in the post and other objects that are in the catalog. So are you ready to guess the prices I am, but I'd like to address something before we get started. Yes. Because you're too modest to bring it up. The peppermint bark in this year's Williams-Sonoma catalog, which you featured, as you always feature, in your post. Yes. uh, You can get it personalized with the name of the recipient of that lovely and tasteful gift. And as the Williams-Sonoma catalog's example of how one might do that, the name that they chose was Drew. That's right. That's are you right. still pretending that that was not a coded message to you? Because every single person on staff knows that that's them tipping their cap back. I showed you. it. I showed it to my wife, and my wife was like, "Well, a lot of people are named Drew." I was like, are "You fucking shitting me, woman." That's terrible. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, let me let me have my fucking ego because that's <laughs> for me. That's my I mean, like." Bar. In some ways, it's good that that's that, that that's what wives are for. You know, is to do the occasional chin check when I'm like, "I'm the greatest writer in the world." And she's like, "Your flies open." Like that's important to me that there's somebody around to do that. It is. That said, uh, they could have picked any name, and they picked your name. I gotta feel like uh, this is just them thanking you for a decade of work. Uh, building up their brand. Yeah, they sent me potato gloves once. They know who the fuck I am. What are, what are potato gloves? Potato gloves are you put them on and you scrub the potatoes with the gloves. Like if you want to get the dirt and grime off the potatoes because you eat the skin, mm-hmm. you use the potato gloves to get the dirt out of the nooks and crannies. They work. They work. Yeah. And I, I guess the price them. of those, are they $22? Yeah, they were. I think they were like 15 20 bucks. But right, let's good, start. Cool. So uh, yeah. this is... The gold monogram mug. Glam up your coffee, cocoa, or tea with our Art Deco mug, personalized by hand with a sleek initial in shimmering real gold. Made of double porcelain, not single porcelain, double porcelain. It's a capital idea for nearly nearly everyone on your gift list. Roth, what does the gold monogram mug cost? What is the price of it? Well, what we're really trying to figure out here is what is the cost of glamming up your coffee or cocoa? Yeah. Like, that's like, what are you willing to pay above and beyond the normal level of glamour that you Correct. get on your coffee and cocoa. Which for me, given that I enjoy them every day while wearing jorts and sitting on my couch, this is a pretty significant upgrade, it sounds like. I'm going to guess that this mug costs uh, $25. You are actually, you are, you've nearly doubled it. It is twelve ninety-five. dollars We oh, started right. very fair. modest. And, uh, That's a, I, uh, yeah, they made it sound, I feel like you're paying for the deco, you're paying for the... Gold leaf. I assumed there was some gold leaf involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think gold leaf is kind of worthless. When it tells you it's yeah. real gold, like they'll put real gold on like M and M's and yes, like, it doesn't. I remember as a kid when uh, Top started. That was like the first moment that they tried to do like a version of their cards that was different than the one version that was in every pack. Where they would slap some gold leaf or gold foil on them for parallels. 
Ooh. And I remember opening a card and opening a pack and finding like it was I think if I'm remembering right, it was Joe Sluzarski, who is a relief pitcher on the A's. And I remember holding it in my hand as like an eleven year old and being like, You're rich, buddy. Like this is it. <laughs> yeah. I always <laughs> like, wanted to get like the garbage pail kid that like nobody else had, and I thought like that would make me rich. Turns out I was wrong about that. But yes, this was basically like I just I think I was drastically overestimating how much gold was worth. I uh I've I've written about it a little bit, but I, this was the year I became a coffee guy like Peter King and like we're and I got my wife uh, an espresso for Christmas and I can say that because she she opened like the pods when they came from Walmart before I could wrap them and I was like shit oh, so man. the surprise is all ruined and now I'm like I'm looking forward to her opening that so that I can make myself some bitchin coffee from the Nespresso machine and when we were talking about cups because we wanted to get some more cups like I started to have very specific like ideas for what I want out of a coffee cup, which seems bad. It Can you walk very, me through this? What is What would that even be? Like, I had one at Howard's. I Like, Howard had an espresso, and when I was up in New York, and he made me one, like a decaf one night, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. And he gave it to me in a cup that was sort of wide and low and flat, like a traditional coffee mug, like, you know, a mug. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, it's so much more elegant out of this sort of I love the idea... Cup. Of having like a refined enough palate that you notice the difference for that. They do that with a lot of wine glasses. And the idea of just like having a bunch of them and somebody pouring themselves a glass in the wrong, a glass of wine in the wrong glass, you're like, no, that's for Barolo. Like, I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine being that guy and being refined enough to notice a difference, but it's something to aspire to. I have like, I have uh, patches of dead taste buds on my tongue. But yeah. Coffee. Coffee is the one thing I can taste. So, or like one of the things that I can taste in full. So when I taste the coffee, I'm like, oh, like I get nuances. It's almost like I have my old tongue back. So that's why I, I kind of like it. And then my Did friend. Did you never drink it as hmm? a younger person? Like never. You just didn't... I hated the taste. I, I, I thought, t- and I hated coffee people. And I still kind of do, even though I am one. And I realized that, like, I figured out that, like, the secret to coffee is. That it's like for pleasure. Like if you're drinking it functionally to wake up, it's not like, and I do, but it's not, I'm not particularly getting anything out of that exchange. But if I have a little afternoon cup of Joe, that's just me. And Howard said once, and uh, he said to me while I was drinking coffee, he's like, he's like, I had my little morning coffee and that lets me know that everything's going to be okay. And I like thinking about coffee that yeah. way instead of, oh, if I don't have my coffee, I'm going to be all bitchy. Yeah, right. Getting the people. like the the vibes of a Kathy cartoon script. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. William right. Sonoma hot chocolate stir sticks. Make the <laughs> ultimate hot chocolate with our magical stir sticks. The Penguin and Santa feature premium milk chocolate and marshmallows, while the white chocolate snowman is decked out with milk chocolate and peppermint candies. How much you get? Uh, I believe it's oh, it's a set of three, including one of each design. How much are these hot chocolate stir sticks, Roth? So you you use these to stir your hot cocoa, and they imbue it with the essence of the chocolate and marshmallow stuff that's on them. You they they are the hot chocolate. So you get a, a cup of hot milk, you stir it, oh. and it and it it melts off the stick and makes your hot chocolate. Wow, that doesn't sound like the best way to make hot chocolate to me. Uh, but. All right, that sounds just impractical enough and single use enough that I feel like the so the three items, let's say, are twelve dollars altogether. You're actually now this time you're too low, sixteen ninety five. Oh man, 
I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten one of these right. I remember the wrongest I was was the champagne saber the first time I tried to do it. I think, I don't think you knew what a saber was. I knew what it was. I was doing, I remember Marchman was the other guy on there. And I remember, I was like, well, that's a sword. That has to be like $10,000. Like, how much <laughs> is a sword? Like, and it was like 45 bucks. And I think Marchman was well over too, but. I think uh, I think it'd be cool to be a billionaire if you if you had an armory if you became a sword guy like I can mm-hmm. see that because that was like whenever my parents took me to the art museum when I was a kid I didn't want to see any paintings I just wanted to see all the bitchin' halberds like that yeah. was like my that was my jam I definitely yep. wanted that that was the same for me just sort of returning over and over again to the arms and armor wing of the the Met as a child There's nothing yeah. new was happening there it was just like a suit that some gouty guy wore when he got killed on a battlefield in like 1217 so cool man. still pretty I was, gratifying it's like ah oh, chainmail i'd love to wear chainmail that'd be awesome and like meanwhile if you had to wear it in real life you'd get like a rash in 50 seconds oh yeah i mean like buzz bissinger can do it but you have to like train <laughs> really hard to to get there the williams sonoma tour de france gift crate experience a taste of french hot cuisine with our meticulously curated array of epicurean specialties we partnered with Epicurean culinary experts to select the finest offerings, including fruitwood smoked salmon, triple cream brie, pork pate, as well as authentic French blinis and caviar. The items arrive in a reusable wooden crate. I love crates. <laughs> this is- <laughs> Wrapped and ready for giving. How much? Now, this, this has nothing to do with bicycling. It's just called the Tour de France crate because it has French shit in it. How much? It's a culinary tour of France. Yeah. So you got a crate. It's got a little bit of caviar, some crackers. Uh, some salmon and some brie and pate. How much does that cost, Roth? There was a in the story in the uh, the guide that you did this year. There was another thing that was in a crate, but it was like pretty humble. It was like cheddars and crackers or something like that. Right? Yeah, it was. It was the Utah cheese. Yeah. Um, the that's uh, a triple creme hornacek. It's actually divine. Uh, what did that cost? I'm trying to. I think feel like that was like fifty bucks. You're not helping me. This was oh, no. Uh, I'm not gonna help no, you. I know. All right. Fine. Whatever. This is. It's easier well, when there's somebody. What fun would it be? It's more fun if you're like way off anyway. I'm gonna be way off. Well, that's good. I, you're gonna love this one then. Let's say that this costs seventy dollars. You. Uh, you're not that far off. It is eighty nine ninety five. Wow. That's basically that's ten dollars less than you, Dr. Nick Riviera will do any operation for ten dollars <laughs> more than that. But this, uh, this comes with Blini, so that's good. Here we go, the Zwilling Canren 7-inch rocking Santoku knife. Now, I should say, it's a rocking Santoku knife. They don't mean as in, like, rock and roll. They mean, yeah. in like, you rock, you know, <laughs> you rock to chop stuff. Named for the Japanese word for connection, the Zwilling Canren collection celebrates the bond formed while cooking and eating together. How much does this high-performance carbide stainless steel blade cost, Roth? These knives can cost a lot of money, Um I think I have a Santoku knife, but it's, like, normal. Like, it was, like, a gift from my parents, and I think it was, like, $30. Yeah, I have, gonna, I have one of those. It comes, in like the, it comes in, like, the plastic wrap you can't get off, and you're like, wow, I could, wish I could use the knife packaged in this. Yes. But it makes you feel it's more official that way, though. You're like, yes. somebody was definitely, like, they were concerned that someone other than me, who's obviously qualified to use such a knife, would get a hold of it, and so they wrapped it in impenetrable packing material. Correct. So this, I'm going to assume that this is a... A fancy knife, but not like top of the market fancy knife because you wouldn't be buying that through a catalog around Christmas time. So let's say this is one hundred and twenty dollars. 
Uh, you're close. It is the most expensive knife on the page. It's $169.95. Okay. You want good knives, you're going to have to pay the premium. That's just the way it goes. That is true. And if you're ordering your knives from the same places that you order the little sticks that you stir through hot milk to turn it into hot cocoa, then this is probably your best choice. Hey, would you like to do... We're, let's move on to the... Uh, I, I, I left one Harry Potter Lakers A item. Yeah, they were, <laughs> I hated them so much. This one looked like an owl. Really yeah. made me mad. Oh, the pie bird. The fucking <laughs> pie bird. Which I think is like the inverse of pie weights. Like I've, I've heard of pie weights where you put them on the pie so that it doesn't get too puffy or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't the know. pie bird was weird. I had never heard of such an item. And it no. seemed... So can we just tell the, the listeners, if they're not familiar with it, what that is? Because it's, it's, a, it's a thing you stick into a pie. Yeah, I had, to like, I had to go to like an explainer like at a different site to figure out what the fuck a pie bird is. And like you stick it in the middle of the pie to keep like the crust up. But also some of them can whistle when the pie is done. Like I can just look at a pie and know that. it's fucking done, right? I don't like, want to hear any sounds coming out of my oven. I don't want to hear a whistle, <laughs> a screech, anything. Well, if you don't like whistling, screeching things, unfortunately, uh, we're on to the Lakers A Harry Potter Hogwarts Express Tea Kettle, which, of course, uh, lets out a, a very, very high-pitched whistle if a trans person comes near you, because it'd be very, very scary to J.K. Rowling. So the magic of cooking, the wonder of a world filled with possibilities, the joy and creativity of two iconic brands, Lake Rosé and Harry Potter, present a cookware collection that transforms ordinary dishes into magical ones. Wands at the ready. How much is the Hogwarts Express tea kettle, Roth? The t- so, yeah, the magical thing that's being, that, that is now, has been made out of a, a normal thing is, this is what you boil water in. That's right. This, it's made by Le Creuset, though? This is a Le Creuset It's kettle. made by Le Creuset. Good quality product. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and, and double the estimate of what I think it should cost. But it's just a kettle. It's Let's just say $40. What would you say? $40. It is $115. Don't care for that in the least. That's totally ridiculous. <laughs> oh, if you don't like that, then we've does it got... Go, does it make a sound, a specific sound? Is it like, Harry, when, when yeah, your tea is ready? That would be funny if it was like, <laughs> your tea's ready, Harry. <laughs> or it just goes, it goes, it's coming home. It's coming. <laughs> it really is coming home now. So, stainless steel cocktail picks, set of six. Skewer olives, cherries, melons... And other cocktail garnishes with our elegant cocktail picks. Each pick is unique, making it easy for guests to identify their beverages. Wow. Set of six picks, sharp picks for skewering cocktail garnishes in style. How much is a set of six stainless steel cocktail picks worth to you? Or how much does it cost? This is a, what it's worth to me is a great deal. Yes, what it's worth to you is like $2. But Yes, but when I have uh, people over for martini parties... I do fairly often because I live in 1953. Uh, I like to make sure that everybody knows which glass is there. So an identifiable, distinctive cocktail pick is necessary. This is one of those William Sonoa things that could be like $8 or could be like $68. And it's very difficult for me to even guess. So you said you got six picks. Right. And they're just No two are alike. (laughs) <laughs> every in, single within one. the set i mean in the world you know no in the world they're all different yeah, no, every single one of them is different incredible craftsmanship uh all right let's say that this is like um because there's nothing these aren't like co-branded with like wolverine or anything right? no no all right this is <laughs> like, no, no star wars or any of that shit all right uh say these are 15 bucks 
Yeah, you're very close. 1695. Good, cool. Very, that feels good. Very impressive. Honestly, that seems like it would be a nice thing to have. Like, I always like when you get a cocktail at, like, a restaurant and they, you know, get, like, a, a twist or some shit on it, but they bother to do a little bit of business on it. Yeah. And I always appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm the guy who, like, ever since I was a kid, like, you, you put some fucking fruit in my drink, I'm eating the fruit. Yeah. Like, the or- like I'll put, I'll take the orange slice and I'll like rip it off, and there'll be like still some of the flesh left, and then I'll put the peel back in the drink. Yep. And like and like mush it. In be the wasting bottom. the oils. Why yeah. are you gonna waste those oils? Essential, essential zest oils. <laughs> uh, the Craft House by Fortessa Cocktail Smoking Box. Charles Jolie, world champion bartender and creator of Craft House Cocktails, has teamed up with Fortessa to design a large line of bar tools celebrating the bold spirit of handcrafted cocktails. So this is a smoking box for infusing cocktails and foods with savory, smoky flavor. Includes handheld smoker with smoking wood chips. How much is a cocktail smoking box? And for the record, it it's like stain- it looks stainless steel and it's got like a glass door and it sort of looks like it looks like something that I would have to open when I'm playing like the room two to get a clue. Yeah, no, this sounds exciting. Uh, this is like the sort of drinks that you can get at like the, what's the place in Apiary in Chicago where it's like the whole drink is served inside of an ice cube and they give you a slingshot and you break the ice cube with the slingshot. And then oh, your drink I've falls heard out. of that. I've heard yeah, of that. Cool. That's not Alinea. That's the other place. It's the same guy. Um, it's the same oh, owner. Grant, Grant Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I went there with a friend for his, it was like their bachelor party weekend in Chicago and it was great, but I was like sick all weekend. So I remember going to that place and being like, you're not going to like, not drink three of these cocktails like you kind of have to do it but it was strange oh I, like, fuck yeah I yeah but i was using you know whatever uh 10 of my brain and palate but i was able to notice it um this sounds like a cool thing to have i can't imagine having a big enough home to justify owning it like you would have to live in a like a space station or like a a decommissioned walmart to justify having this you'd have to have like you'd have to have a literal bar in your home yes. which i like i was once I was definitely like a aspiring man cave haver at one point. I definitely was like a bar in the basement and stuff, but we don't have a bar in the basement. Yeah, that we was, have like think, we have a we have a cabinet. But I think it was like common enough that like houses would have bars. Like I know I had like friends who had like pretty normal you know suburban homes growing up, but there was just like clearly a bar had been put in by the previous owner in the basement, and sometimes it would just be like kind of a rinky-dink thing with a mirror behind it, but I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Yeah, yeah, awesome. But it was so what's in, this cost? All right, uh, 180 bucks. Uh, 299.95 wow. for this guy. Wow, so I, I thought really that I was like... going high, but like you can always, it turns out if it comes with its own smoking chips. All right, you one more before we take it. a break. We have another kettle. This one's an electric one, though. The Breville Variable Temperature Lux Kettle Red. Velvet, red velvet. Whether you're making a pot of specialty tea or brewing coffee in a French press, this kettle heats the water to the ideal temperature for extracting the fullest flavor. With five temperature levels to bring out the optimal taste and quality of your favorite beverage, the kettle has settings for black, green, white, and oolong tea, as well as French press coffee. How much would this electric kettle cost, Roth? There's different settings for different teas, like different temperatures of water that you want for different tea experiences. You know, I like tea, but I'm not like, and everyone who's like really into tea, like swears by electric kettles, especially the British. And I'm not like, I know that you pour the tea before the water's just come to a boil, not when it's at a roiling boil. I I know nothing else. 
And I only know that because of Eddie Izzard's bit in. That is exactly. That's exactly how I know. And I thought that was a joke because he's he's playing this incredibly fussy guy, and he's like, "Don't bring the water to a boil. Don't burn it," or something (laughs) like that. Like he's got like some incredibly fuss budget way of doing it. But I totally believed it. I was like, yeah, yeah that sounds right. It sounds the way Good to know that you and I are both getting our tea information from the same source. <laughs> <laughs> a possible joke in an 18-year-old Steven Soderbergh movie. Let's say this costs $30. This is $199.95. Hell yes. It's not, <laughs> it's not worth doing unless I'm going to miss one by like 90%. Fantastic. All right, let's take a break and come back and do some more hating when we get back. We're back. We're back hating the Williams Sonoma's Haters Guide. And Roth is guessing the prices of a few extra items in the catalog that we didn't get around to roasting in print. So, your next item, Roth, is a set of 12 Galaxy Sticky Buns. Experience the enticing aroma and irresistible flavor of just baked sticky buns from French pastry chef Jean Yves Charon. Ours are prepared from scratch using his signature recipe and a buttery croissant dough. I'll be honest, these look fucking really good but how much is a set of a dozen mailed to your home i'm never good at these because i don't i like think i know what the price of a fancy sticky bun is at the bakery i definitely do i know what it is at the one that we go to like at um, the le pain quotidien no we go to we go to a place called ore washers on 78th street uh that's like i remember my grandma taking me there as a kid it's like a couple of the my neighborhood is basically just like 80-year-old Hungarian ladies when I moved here. And, like, a few of the places that were like that have been, like, sort of reimagined by the younger generations of the families that own them. As and then all the rest of them are Chipotle's now. <laughs> but this, uh, so figure if I paid four seventy five for a sticky bun there, so I'm paying tw- that 12 times, so 5 times 12, 60. And then to get it delivered to your house, plus the Williams-Sonoma credibility markup, Let's say that this is $80. You actually, you went too far. It's, it's hilariously overpriced at $44.95, but it's okay. not that hilariously so what, overpriced. That's they're correct. sent to you, like, tell me what you're getting. Because you're not getting a, a hot, fresh-baked sticky bun in, like, you not open a box and pull it out of that. Like, you bake them yourself? Do you have to yeah, it says, put uh, stuff so on them yourself? You let them rise overnight and then bake. It's not like... Um, you ever get the croissants from Trader Joe's that are the same way? You just They're in the freezer, you take them out, you proof them overnight, and then you bake them in the morning, and they are, like, fresh. That sounds cool. Like, they're I, good. Yeah, I've not they're really that. fucking good. Like, yeah. There's, I can't argue with them. Uh, this is a Williams-Sonoma Gingerbread Boy Maple Syrup. Our perky <laughs> gingerbread boy will brighten up your holiday breakfast table as well as your pancakes. This gingerbread boy-shaped bottle is filled with grade-A pure Vermont maple syrup, which has the taste and texture that cannot be matched. What does a gingerbread boy-shaped bottle of maple syrup fetch from the williams I'm need you to catalog? Stop saying gingerbread boy for a minute. That's okay. Just run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch <laughs> me. You're the ginger, gingerbread man. Sure, that's fine. I just don't. I don't care for the boy. The part. boy. Uh, yeah. So it's just a. It's a thing full of syrup. It's yeah, ornamental. It's just, a bottle, it's just a bottle of fucking syrup. But syrup can be expensive. It can. Uh, let's say this is is fifteen bucks. It's twenty four ninety five, and okay. I, I picked this one specifically to complain about shaped honey and syrup jars. Like, just put it in a fucking normal container. Like, yeah, I don't need the fucking bear. Honey gets trapped in like the bear's nose and stuff. It's not efficient. 
And that's not like the way that you want to think about it. I do think, I think they're cute. I believe we have a, a honey bear in our home. I'll probably use it later today when I have some tea served at precisely 111 degrees. Yes. Uh, but I do think that the idea of like squeezing it at the end and being like, there's honey stuck in your fucking toes. Like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. Like, that's not the experience you're looking for with that. Like, it's, it's nice to have, but like, you should be able to then buy it like that and then offload it into just a normal little bowl you get stuff out of. Yeah, because like syrup and honey are already sort of a pain in the ass to dispense. Like syrup, yeah. it gets all over the place. Like it fuses the goddamn cap to the bottle. So like if you like don't open it for like five days and all of a sudden it's a test of strength to get it yep. open the next time around. Uh, this is the Breville Grind Control Coffee Maker. Say good morning to the first household coffee maker that combines a precision burr grinder with an intuitive, intuitive calibration function. It automatically ensures water is heated to the optimal temperature, then doses the correct amount of perfectly ground coffee Damn. for your selected brew size and strength. This really grinds my burrs. What is the <laughs> Breville Grind Control Coffee Maker? What does that cost, Roth? The brew dosing lifestyle. This is a good uh, Williams-Sonoma thing, and I've, I've learned to appreciate these over the years of getting my ass kicked by them on the podcast. In that this is so high tech that I don't actually know what you're talking about. This is this grinds yeah. and and makes a single cup of coffee for you. Yeah. Uh, no. No. It comes. There is a carafe, so it looks like it makes okay. a pot of coffee. All right. It still sounds extremely complicated. Oh, look! It says okay. Automatically grinds and brews directly into a coffee cup, travel mug, or the machine's twelve cup thermal carafe. So you can have it any way you want. Okay. 12-cup thermal carafe is what uh, Dave McKenna calls the hours between 8 and 11 a.m. Oh, so, oh, hey, now! There we, that's right. We love to make our jokes about how much Dave McKenna loves his coffee. Uh, <laughs> let's say that, because the other Breville thing was, like, preposterously expensive. Let's say this is $199.99. It is $299.95. So you're only off $500. <laughs> that's pretty... I simply cannot make my brain get all the way around the idea of something costing that much that does this. You know what's funny is that every year I make fun of, like, there's always the most expensive coffee maker in the catalog. And it's always, like, fucking, like, $6,000 or something like yes. that. And inevitably, one reader, because all our readers are wealthy lawyers, one reader would be like, actually, I have it, and it's fantastic. You wouldn't complain about it. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's not the point of the catalog. Yeah. You're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they're good. Like, but it is, it, I mean, the gag is that it's, like, they are charging you extra because it, like, speaks back to you in Ben Affleck's voice. Like, they've, like built this technology into it that makes it do that. Uh, this is the Shun Premier 10-piece knife set. Wow. The Shun Premier collection is distinguished by hand-hammered sushime blades, not sushimi, sushime blades, and walnut-hued pack of wood handles that evoke the artistry of traditional hand-forged knives. Handcrafted in Japan, the razor-sharp blades are expertly sharpened for superior performance and agile handling set of 10 knives. You get the block two, poultry shears, and a sharpener. So these are different types of kitchen knives. It's not like steak knives or anything. No, no, yeah, kitchen knives for, like, real deal, no bullshit, I'm a chef now cooking knives. Yeah, I think I have a shun knife. Uh, they're expensive. Like, this should be $1,200. You're very close. $1,099.95. You're over okay. by 100 but you were, you were pretty close. You know what? I'd be willing to pay a little bit extra. It comes with poultry shears. Who doesn't like to have that? Taking the scissors to a chicken? That's the dream right there. 
My wife uh, is half German, and in Germany, giving knives to people is bad luck. Like, as a, if you do it as like a wedding gift or something like that. Presumably, you might, I, I don't know, like couples might stab each other to death or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I guess I sort of understand it, but, you know, it's a pretty useful wedding gift. Right. We did get a knife block for our wedding, and we haven't killed each other with those knives yet. So, I, and look, at, you made it pretty far, too. I mean, you got we kids. We did. And... We did indeed. All right. Uh, before I have to ask you uh, for this uh, next one, Roth. Do you know what a charger is? Oh, I and think I, don't I do. A phone charger? No, no, I think I do. It's a it's a piece of furniture, right? Uh, I mean, no. It's it's a it's a piece of uh, dining ware. So it's, oh, okay. It's the plate. If you go at a restaurant, sometimes there's a plate sitting in front of you that's empty, and they'll remove it, and then they'll put like your plate oh. of food down. Or they will put the plate of food on top of it. That is a charger. It's almost oh, so it's like, like a, an ornamental. That's right. Thing. It's kind of like okay. the placemat of plates. Anyway, this is a braided glass charger, red, just one. Make any meal a celebration with our stunning glass charger. Crafted of hand painted glass, it features a gold accented border that resembles braided wheat. Because <laughs> who doesn't want that? Hand painted yeah. glass with gold tone accents. Textural pattern recreates beauty of braided wheat. Features silver plating on the bottom. How much is one? Of these chargers. Note, plate is not for eating. Do not eat off plate. Unsafe to eat off plate. Yeah. Uh, this could be any price. Um, it could. Because it is so frivolous that you could charge. Like, there's no reason to have it. And therefore, uh, there's no reason to pay less for it. Let's say this costs $30. It costs $20. $19.95. Okay. So you're you're getting like you're you're getting these pretty good. I'm within well, I mean, I'm within the margin of error, but it's like fifty percent wrong. But it is like I'm I'm better than I've been in the past. Like this is like this is making the old champagne saber Davy look like a, a total idiot. Yeah, it's actually it's actually unfortunate that you're so right. To make it for bad. Well, I'll have to record the podcast again, and you'll have to be like, it costs fifty cents. Can't can't be more than that. And you'll just be wrong. <laughs> Why would you even have a thing that makes tea with different uh, temperatures for different types of tea? I don't understand that. We got two more items: the Let It Snow holiday cake, decorated like a winter wonderland. This cake creates a captivating centerpiece for seasonal celebrations. It's handcrafted by artisan bakers with four alternating tiers of moist chocolate cake and golden butter cake layered with fluffy chocolate cream and cheese, cream cheese filling. Covered in blue and white frosting, the decadent dessert is finished with a buttercream evergreen frost, frosted snowflakes, and golden candy pearls. Six inches in diameter, four inches in height. That's a very tall cake. Yes. Four pounds, a four fucking pound mm. cake. How how much is the Let It Snow holiday cake? This is where I could actually get it very wrong, because I don't know what it would cost to get a fancy cake. Like, even our wedding cake was like, Kate's aunt just made it. Like, it wasn't the sort of thing oh, where we had you. to pay for it. That's nice. Yeah, she had a bakery. Like, it was like, you know, but she didn't charge us anything for You ever it, get so a bad know. wedding cake where it's like they forgot to put, like, sugar in the frosting, and you're like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Like, oh. That's what happens. The more, like, elaborate or, like, vertical they become, the more it's just, like, eating some sort of, like, packing material. Or, yeah. Like, just a yeah, they elegant didn't give a fuck drywall. about how it tastes. It was yeah. just like, let's, how will this look when we wheel it out? And then it tastes like absolute shit. Anyway. Right, but they, the more important thing is that it has, like, four tiers, each of them depicting different stages of the romance that is being, uh, like, celebrated there. This could also, be I should a tell lot you, yes. Yeah, I should also, I should tell you that it sure seems to me that it's covered in a fondant, but I, I can't guarantee that. Okay. I don't know if the fondant factor I feel like is important once you get to the 
point where your cake is four pounds, you can charge pretty much anything you want for it. Is this fifty dollars? It is eighty dollars. It's seventy nine ninety five. That is not, so. Now we are now at our final item. Are you ready for the final item to hate? It yes, very much so. Is it another Harry Potter thing? It's the Unikaru sixteen pizza oven. There's always a fucking pizza oven. This one's yeah. a pizza oven. Switch between fuel sources to suit your favorite recipes with the latest addition to the Uni Outdoor Pizza Oven family. The Kru sixteen features precision temperature control plus enhanced insulation and visibility thanks to its improved design and hinged glass door. Cook with wood, charcoal, or gas and enjoy restaurant-quality stone-baked pizza in no time. In no time. The versatile <laughs> oven also excels at cooking steak, vegetables, and seafood to elevate your backyard barbecue game for summer and beyond. How much is this goddamn pizza oven? How big is Because I'm picturing a jet engine. Like, how big are we talking here? Uh... Doesn't actually give me the diameter or the the, the specs, but so let me you have look. A, a dear friend who's been on our podcast the number of times that has an outdoor pizza oven. Justin Halpern is a is a pizza dad. Yeah, oh, he is a pizza guy. It's totally true. I have never like even been able to comprehend a level of success that would accommodate becoming a pizza person. Like, I don't even have outdoor space of my own. Like, just given where I live. But the idea of like just putting a pizza oven into your backyard that uh, you can fill with charcoal and just like blast out New Haven uh, pizzas at demand, like on demand, like this, this to me should cost ten thousand dollars. Is it? <laughs> does it cost like half? Does it cost fifteen hundred dollars? It's more than that, right? It is not. It is seven hundred ninety nine dollars and oh, wow. ninety five cents. And I, I actually tonight's pizza night. At the McGarry residence, and I just make it. I make it in the oven with dough from the grocery store. And it turns yeah. out really good. And I don't like the idea of like pizza stones and pizza steels and pizza ovens. Like, I think that you know a lot of these catalogs are trying to sell you a lot of ancillary appliances and tools that yes, the average American home does not really have much real estate for. Right. So you know, a pizza oven. The idea that you know, I mean, I sort of like the idea that. Like I have a grotto in the back, would have a grotto in the backyard where I could put a pizza oven, but I don't have that. So. Right. I like the, I mean, it's certainly, it, as aspirational purchases go, there's something very like, this is not something that I would personally do. Although it's nice to know that I'm like picking up a few extra freelance assignments away from owning an outdoor pizza oven. I just don't have an outdoor <laughs> to put it right. in. But the idea that you would like, I would start by buying the pizza oven and then try to create a space for it. Like, I, yeah, I would yeah, want yeah. You to would, have you it would that buy much. the house to accommodate the pizza oven. Right. Like, I just want the uni to be happy here. Like, I need you know, you have... sh- shit like this, actually, it makes sense. Like, we, we talked about Halpern. He lives in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you can have a house with, like, a lanai and put, like, actual furniture on it, and it's fine. I don't live in that sort of area. If I put shit outside right now, it'll be covered in, like, Beltway grime and scroll shit, like, within right. five seconds. You can't do that. As cool as I think it would be to have outdoor space of your own, especially over the last couple of years where it's just, like, like to have some place to, like, breathe clean air by yourself. Everybody I know that has outdoor space in New York City, it's, like, they don't go there because they're, like, well, the rats just have so much sex. Like, yeah. you can't, like, you don't, you don't want to have anything, you know, if, if they see that you're watching them, they get mad. So we right. just stay away from it. It's it's very much original. If you lived in Arizona, sure, get a fucking pizza oven. But if you live anywhere in the 
in the elite media corridor of the Northeast. You're not going to really have friendly <laughs> the, conditions. The sacrifices we make for living the blogger lifestyle. So that is it. That's the end of the uh, the year in podcast. Did you uh, did you have a good year, Roth? Well, no, not really. But I mean, kind of, I guess it was like it was pretty good, I suppose. I mean, like we're we're here. We made it through it. Uh, I feel like I'm still. I think I was talking to you about this when you were up here for the live podcast, or maybe I was talking to Jasper about it, that this is around the time that my body gets used to be fired from a job. Like that I just have like a muscle memory of (laughs) like just from every previous gig that I've had. Like this is when you get pivoted out. Yeah. They love firing people at Christmas. Yeah. And like, this is the time of the year where like Shane Smith has been convinced by somebody that like vice is now like a snack food company. And there's just no reason to employ somebody who does what I do. Right. Or any of the other places that I've worked in the past. And like, so I think while my instinct is to say, no, I didn't have a good year because like I've got my fucking issues, which are well documented at this point. Like, actually, yeah, like I had a pretty fucking incredible year. Like, I'm going to be able to do all of this again next year and for as long as we want to do it. Yeah. Because the site's working. So like the answer to your question is yes. Would you say that you had a good year? Are you feeling all right as we say goodbye? Yeah, I was, I was very bullish on 2021 and like there were certain things I didn't, enjoy or like didn't expect but that's life you're not you know you're not gonna get a perfect year like i think you know twitter has a bad habit of just saying oh worst year ever can we get to the next year because that'll be better and that's always like motherfucker like you know the trajectory can go up for you it's all right yeah it's okay so i had i had a good year i was hoping uh like i was hoping that the book would be like number one on the bestseller list that didn't happen but that's okay that's okay. The book is good. so good, though, man. I mean, I hope that you're able to feel some real pride in it. It was. It, it was. I, you know, I get a little bit unreasonable in my expectations for things in myself. But, yes, yeah, so all my family is vaccinated. We're actually going to go to New York right before Christmas, right into the belly of the beast. I know a bunch of people that are doing this, and every single one of them has been like, it was, it's obviously very dumb, but we made these reservations in, like, October and it would be disappointing if we didn't go at this point. Yeah, yeah, I can. I don't know. I'll do it. Whatever. It'll be fun. I don't give a yeah. fuck. I can't. I can't. I'm too tired. I'm too. Uh, I'm too excited to be jolly and say, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Who can't? I mean, if you can't enjoy making Santa Claus sounds, I mean, I've got an, a frosty mug, or I guess, yeah, a frosty mug and nog. I don't know. You don't serve that warm, right? That's not. You can't do that. Mm, I don't, yeah, I, well, if it's uh, a nice, low, flat coffee cup that, you know, really enhances <laughs> the flavor of the Yes, Africa. so I'm going to have a uh, properly crafted nog carafe waiting for me at some point in the next couple of weeks, and that's something to look forward to, something to build on. That is great. Well, I wish you and your family a happy holidays, Roth, and I wish a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year to all our listeners, and... Happy holidays to Brandon Nix and Corinne Wallace, our producers. Happy holidays to Daisy Rosario, our executive producer. And happy holidays to Kirk Hamilton, who composed our theme song. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. Thanks to us and to Hmm. Santa, you can get a free month of Stitcher (laughs) Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. Go subscribe to Defector.com, too, while you're at it. And please... Have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll see you in 2022, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See ya.